On this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast, we've got death boops. And what about Adam? Let's do this. Welcome to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. I'm Diana. I'm Liz. And this week we're talking season six, episode 11, Appointment in Samara. Ooh. Ooh. Such a lovely, lovely word. Samara. Yeah. Mm. That's your ASMR for the week. And I hate ASMR, so there you go. Yeah, that's, all you, that's all you get. That's all you get. <clears throat> oh, goodness. So I uh, made a little trip down to San Antonio this weekend uh, yeah. and got to go run around with Liz a little bit. Well, yeah, I... I took Diana to two some places, most of which that I've never been to before. Uh, we went to a a new. I don't. It, I would say it's new to me. It. I don't know how new of a bar it is, but there is a goth uh, craft cocktail bar called Near Dark, and yeah, it's adorable. Cute. Yeah, great cocktails. Really cute bat decorations outside and hooks, which we learned unfortunately, bat hooks are not functional. For purse yeah. holders, not very no. And then I uh, made it to a, got to go to a tiki bar and um, had a fun. It's a really well done tiki bar, Hugman's Oasis. Oh my god, it was so pretty. That yeah. place is so pretty, but it was also just a little crowded. Like it wasn't too crowded, but I could have done with it like maybe like ten percent less. Yeah, just so you get more bar bar attention. I think like right. that was a problem. Like I didn't mind the amount of people in there, but the staff to people ratio but, yeah. just wasn't enough to cover it. Well, and then tiki bars, I always take a minute because they're complex drinks. But right, it just it makes it even worse then. And then uh, and then pop down over to Esquire or the Esquire. It is the Esquire Tavern, with the longest um, wooden bar in Texas or something. That's that is what it is. It's a, it is a very long, long bar, and not just like by a man's standards. Like it's it's actually it's a really long, long bar. Yeah, and it's very pretty. It yeah. is a beautiful, beautiful place. And their downstairs it, bar is so cool. It's so cool, and as we all know, the Esquire is haunted. And so downstairs, it's full of all these fish, and they look like they're all mounted like billy bass fish. So I, I'm just like, I know ghosts are down there at making night them, making them do the Billy Bath song because that is what I would do. Yeah. That checks. Yeah. 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 So, um, well, that's, that's about all I've been going on. What, what do you, well, and, um, you know, and one of my, uh, one of, one of babe's kiddos is staying with us for a minute. So we got a extra person in our household and that's always fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Full house. Full house. Nobody what? has an Uncle Jesse, or I don't know if you're, if you're trying to get anybody to college or anything, but yeah, uh, beyond that, uh, you know, just living living the dream of, you know, working too much and having too complex of a personal life, and a, a podcast that I love, and you know, all those things that you, you we all try and balance, but sometimes life just goes, hey, I'm going to smack you with a pugil, because... A pugil is a stick they use in American gladiators. They're also what we should be giving to each other so that we can just hit people with when they're being stupid. Yeah. As we'll learn through this episode, I think 
I have some some people that I want to hit with kugels. Um, so I think the other thing is we ended up at SABG. I always I get terrible with acronyms, and I hate that people call it by that. So South Austin Beer Garden has music bingo on Monday nights, and they have different categories. And so if you win, you get to pick the next category, right? Okay. So it started off with 90s bands and then it went to the aughts. And then somebody, oh, then it was cartoons. So it was songs about cars, like, like you know, oh, C-A-R tunes. Okay. Get it? Yeah. Eh, it's yeah. a pun. So I didn't mind that one because that's a lot of, like a lot of songs about cars tend to fall oh, into yeah. my genres, right? Like, I like songs about trucks and guns and, you know, cars and, you know, love and stuff. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I know most yeah. of these. Uh, and but then, like, the last round, the person who won cartoons picked the emo board. <laughs> and this was just like, I'm so glad my friend had his kid who was there, a kid of age. And so she's very young and was very much an email kid. And so like this young email kid was just like, oh yeah. Cause you had to like, so in music bingo, they play the song and then you have to guess the song. Like, right. And then identify it on the bingo card. And of course, like you can cheat and you can Shazam or, but you know, it's also just hard to Shazam emo. Like it was a very hard wrong. And if we did round it, if we didn't have to have a young, young child with us. Yeah. I don't know what we would have done. I would just been like, I don't, I give up. I but give I up. did get to pull out the pictures of the emo ghost. So with that, no, that's about it. I don't have too much going on right now. I mean, always too much, but you know, not fun stuff. <laughs> so stuff that nobody wants to hear about in a no. podcast because it's depressing. It's depressing or it's boring. One of the two. Yep. And like I said, I think some things in my life are just going to come out naturally as we talk about this episode because I have adopted a new theme for it. And we'll get to that as we get further in. So this was season six, episode 11. It first aired December 10th, 2010. It was directed by Mike Roll. Now, this is the first episode that he directed this season, but he has done episodes for almost every season but the first one right so we've seen him in quite a number of episodes including folks in prison bedtime stories on the pit head of a pin and it was written by and also given credit to bob singer i'm not quite sure how his role like if he was actually writing or just in the room whatever but so the people who are writing this are the showrunners, if you think about it, right? So we've got Robert Singer and Sarah Gamble writing it. So I think there's some very interesting mythology that comes out of this. And that even goes to starting with the title. Mm-hmm. So this week, uh, for your lore segment, we're just starting like right at the top. Mm-hmm. And... We, I'm going to talk to you about the title and just a couple of things. So the appointment in Samara originally goes back to an Arabic folktale. And I couldn't, it was, or a Babylon, I think it's from Babylon. Babylon! I couldn't figure out, like, but as much as I try to go back to, it was really hard to research in the, the limited, t- you know, dudes, I got a whole bunch of shit going on right now. Mm-hmm. So there is also a 
there was two different literary things for appointment in Samara. There was a book, a novel, and then also there was the reference within a play by William Somerset Mogham, M-A-U-G-H-M, Mogham, I'm not sure. But he was a he was a playwright and he wrote short stories like back when people really wrote short stories like I I guess people still do now but like the ones that they made you read in class like in literature classes because they were really like beautifully written like that type of of literature like actual literature right so he in his plays he had a play in 1933 called Sheppy. And it, within that, he basically retells this story from the, this Arabic folklore. So I don't know where he got it from, right? And I want to find out. So if you someone has done that research, because it's not like anywhere, I can't find any of the. Okay, what am I going to do with the you know Babylonian text? But right. I'm just kind of interested to see like how like it changed, right? right. When it go, comes into this different person, so and. There is a character who is having a discussion with death in the play, and because death has come for for Sheppy, that's you know Sheppy's story, and death is actually a woman, which I think is an interesting thing. And there's of course like a ton of thing people who break this down like in college classes again this is the type of thing you have to read in a college class Mm -hmm. it's not only this story though it's not only in this play this is a story that gets quoted in the book that got the other the other author one by john i forget what his name is but i don't care about him i only cared about this one because the other one kept throwing the shit off because i kept trying to find the original of it i had to like end up going to like the internet archive and like finding it like in a play format like you know like when people scan in books like that's how i finally found this stupid fucking thing but i also think that it the i wouldn't call it an antidote but the the tale is just i think it's a uh, i'm just gonna read it to you and then you can decide how it makes you feel okay so yosheppi is there and talking to death and death tells basically sheppi is told death like i'd wish i'd known like you know i wish i wasn't here so i could avoid you right Right. and death tells him that there was a merchant in baghdad who sent his servant to market to buy provisions and a little while the servant came back white and trembling and said master just now when i was in the marketplace i was jostled by a woman in the crowd and when i turned i saw it was death that jostled me she looked at me and made a threatening gesture Now lend me your horse and I will ride away from the city and avoid my fate. I will go to Samara and there death will not find me. The merchant lent him his horse and the servant mounted it and he dug his spurs in its flanks and as fast as the horse could gallop, he went. Then the merchant went down to the marketplace and he saw me standing in the crowd and he came to me and said, why did you make a threatening gesture to my servant when you saw him this morning? That was not a threatening gesture, I said. It was only a start of surprise. I was astonished to see him in Baghdad, for I had an appointment with him tonight in Samara. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Like, yes. I don't know, when you think about, you know, death and just like, hey, like how basically it goes into this whole episode that's all about natural order. And so the title, I think the, the title of this says a lot and sets us up for yeah. this, if you know that story. But also... Yeah. How did it make you feel? I don't know. 
heebie-jeebie. But also happy, right? Like, it's just clever. It's it just so very clever. It's so like clever, it. and I no, adore sure. that. Like, and it's like, it's got a punchline in it, and it's just like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's good. And I like also, it. like, death is a woman. That's also badass. Like, and she, I just like see her like booping people. I'm like, she's running around booping. So, death boops for everyone. Death, 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 booth, death, doth, death, boop. doth, boop. <laughs> for everyone death boop for thee uh, uh, so okay well let's let's get into this episode and starting yes. with chinatown which you know but one quick thing this was actually shot in vancouver chinatown okay. and this was the first time they shot there and i think it looks awesome that looks lovely um so they're at a they pull up to a market we've got uh well we've got baby pulls up to a market in chinatown dean hops out and he's got an address written on a sheet of paper or a chunk of like a little slip of paper and he walks in and he is not stoked about this place. You can tell, but it's like a, it's, it's a, a meat market or it's a market and they happen to have a butcher as well. Yeah. It grows. I mean, but I mean, it's also kind of, it's Chinatown. Like sometime when you're like in certain areas of different Chinatowns, like you, or like even just other, like sometimes things can be gross, but taste really good. <laughs> It's just not what we are culturally used to. You're not culturally used to it. You don't know. But he's going upstairs and we're like, oh, yeah, this may be why he's super grossed out. Yeah, because he's going to some weird, like, up and up a staircase through the back. And then he is greeted by Dr. Robert. <laughs> oh, his name. Dr. Robert, who has stories about how he's, he knows who Dean is. He stitched up daddy more times than he can count back when he still had his medical license, though. Uh, and he's kind of like in this frumpy white coat that's got like some possible blood stains on it. But the more important part of this, we will come back to this circle back at Casting Couch. But Dr. Robert is being played by none other than Robert England. And everybody should know who that is. So, yeah, I know. And if you don't, well, you wait till casting couch and then like we'll bitch slap you. It's kind of like when I was coming home Sunday night I or Saturday night, whatever diet I were in San Antonio, I did catch an Uber and the child who drove me home did not know like a thing about like hip hop. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, I could, did not know the difference between East Coast and West Coast rap. So, but he said that was his favorite genre. So, but that's what that if you don't know who Robert England is, same thing to you. Okay. Anyway, so but the important thing is the rent's cheap and I have a very hot assistant. Yeah, exactly. He's got Eva, his assistant, who we meet, who has really good bangs. Like she can wear fuck Eva, man. Like she's a Betty witch. Bangs on point. Yeah, no, if you have the it's like I bet she can fold a sheet too. Fuck her. I know she's a witch. But she but she's just pulling off her look and I, I yeah. I want to hang out with Eva. Yeah, and and we aren't really sure why Dean's there, but they know why Dean's there. We don't as the viewer at this point. He's like asking like about the success rate. So apparently he's there to get something done. And Dr. Robert tells him it's about 75%, which is not a super reassuring percentage. I'm just saying. But um, and then he asks for his preliminaries. FYI, preliminaries money, equals money. Money, please. I put that into, uh, you know, oh, that was a contribution to a corporate 
corporate slide this week. That was me. Money, please. Nice. That that actual gift. That's right. this is what I bring to corporate America, guys. Uh, but anyways, yes. Uh, then he he's got his letter for something goes wrong. Uh, yep, yeah, he sure does. Who is it to? Who Benjamin. Is to? What the fuck, D? What? You've already fucked up this kid's life enough, like, yeah. and now, like, you're going to send him, like, your dying letter? Yeah. What are you doing giving him baby and a shotgun after you were in his life for, like, six months Maybe. and, like, fucked with his head? Like, it was, it was a year. Remember? It was a full year. I know. It was a full year. You bad. I don't know. He's still a bad stepfather. Leave that kid alone. Anyways. <sighs> but. Uh, but not to Sam, which is the the what is pointed out, and not to Lisa either. Only to right. Ben, not to Lisa. No. So, Eva with the good bangs sticks a needle in him <laughs> and calls him a baby oh, she... when he acts like it hurts. Well, yeah, and so well, she tells him not to be a baby, and she says that in a way because she's just like shoved him on the table, like before like, she throws that him. picklin in. She's just like, uh, and it was just like, don't be a baby. I'm like, yeah, do it. But, uh, and so Dr. Robert starts injecting something into the IV and tells Dean that he has three minutes. And so we as the viewers still don't know what the fuck's happening, by the way. But Dean flatlines, which is concerning. But obviously the intention here, because if you were, you're like, okay, what's supposed to happen? Um, and then Ghost Dean stands over his body. Hi, Ghost Dean. Hi, Ghost Dean. Uh, he goes back down to the store and starts doing a chant. And who appears? Well, the chant is Masorum Evoco K Ni. So I have this in very small text. It looks like Titty Get It. <laughs> titty um, Get It. Taddy Get. Like Taddy Get. But so basically, that roughly translates to I summoned the Reaper who touched me. So, like, no. this is a very specific spell. Like, like, did this is like like new spell work, Dean? Like, did you like yeah. take a class or something? Like, who well, someone had hooked this him up with spell? all this shit? Because he got he this had the address written down in the spell. So he had somebody hooked him up with some shit. Yeah, yeah. But I think he's like in a back alley buying shit. I don't know. Well, Tessa appears. Ta Tessa, the Reaper. And Tessa, um, yes, and so Tessa, the goddess, I think is what we're gonna call her for the. We're just gonna, I'm just gonna start calling her that right mistress now, Tessa. Tessa. <laughs> mistress Tessa. No, that's what we're calling. No, she's Madam Tessa. She's not Madam a mistress. Tessa. She is Madam Tessa. Madam Tessa. Yeah, so she shows up and she's like, the fuck? And Dean's just like, I need to talk to death. And she's like, nah, that's not how this works. Well, but I mean, it's like, appears. he's our boss. Like, you just don't call your boss. Like, depending on, like, which kind of, like, like this job, I probably would call my CEO. But, like, my last job, I'm not going to pick up the phone, even though, like, he says that in, like, every CEO says that bullshit in their yeah, corporate stuff. Like, call me. my office is open. Here is my cell phone number. Just call me. We're not calling their fucking cell phone numbers. Like, what you're asking her, like, putting her in an awkward situation, Dean. Have some respect. Awkward awkward do not respect the corporate structure sir um have respect for (laughs) madam tessa so but death shows up anyways because death apparently has a thing for dean so he's amazing um, i love death so much yeah so 
that's like, oh yeah. And Dean's trying to like be like, well, you got to help me because I've got your ring. And that's like, mm, you have hubris, but no leverage. Cause I know where the fuck the ring is and you can't really keep it from me. I just kind of like, you have it for now. Yeah. And but the way he says hubris, like it's so good. It's, so good. it's like, hubris. It's like, I, it just, oh, it just like resonates. Mm-hmm. It's like, he's just, he's just like the best hubris, actor, but no leverage. Hubris. But no leverage. Ah, so good. So good. So, but basically we find out the whole point of this is that Dean has asked to be to be made dead so that he can make a deal with death for death to jailbreak Lucifer's cage to get Sam's soul and Adam out now. Now it's not just yeah. about Sam's soul. Now it's Adam too. Now they somebody remembered. Like, I feel like something got cut somewhere where like Sam and Dean are driving and they're like, oh, wait a minute. If my soul is down there, oh shit, Adam. And it was like a home alone moment. And so like... <gasps> <laughs> Well, but it's confusing because it's Michael in Adam, right? I mean. Yeah, but Sam went down in Lucifer. So, I mean, the same thing happened. So, I don't know. Like, maybe he's, like, safe inside his vessel, but he's not out. But, like, so what do they just, like, take take Adam out of Michael and, like, then, like, just, like, toss it around and make them do weird things to each other? Like, the military? Gross. I don't know. So Death tells Dean that he's got to pick one, though, because Death doesn't pull people back. So he's making an exception as it is. So he can only pick one. And without he's like immediately like Sam, like yeah, he no hesitation. Like, yeah. Like, what, whatever. Like, fuck that kid. And but then they, we have to go into the conversation that we've seen carry on the last couple episodes that Sam's soul might be real fucked up and it might not be a good idea to put it back in him. And Dean tries to play off like, I know it's damaged. And Death's like, uh, try like flayed to the raw nerve. It just sounds very awful. And basically, you know, he wants to do like, like if Dr. Pimple, like was Dr. Pimple Popper just like cut a tumor off without like going inside to get things off. Like Dean just like wants a barnacle scrape off like the bad part. Yeah. Like, he can hack just, the like, hell part, part off. <laughs> can't you just do that like and i'm like you're death man can't you just do that and death is not really into this and he's like what but then but he does turn around he's like what? he kind of gives a little bit of a a uh i don't know a philosophical conversation about what is what do you think a soul is um but i'm still not convinced after this episode what the fuck a soul is well, i'm very i think i may be more confused about <laughs> what a soul is after this episode <laughs> Well, but he said that, you know, that, you know, he can't erase Sam's hell, but he can put it behind a wall, which just like sounds really concerning and like some weird brainy stuff, like to put something like a wall of like a memory. I don't, even I don't under- know. This is bad. I don't understand this. At, like, this is bad writing. Like, I don't understand this at all. Like, what, what is this? Like, this makes no fucking sense. However, what does make sense oh, you don't, is I mean, while you, this- like when you put walls up in your brain to not think about the things that you're supposed to process that you don't want to process. Like when you put it down in the no, drawer. No, that's shoving things like deep down. That's different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Somewhere. but the other thing I think is really great that we have to talk about is like while that is going on like they are trying to revive him back in oh, the yeah. doctor's office D- dr robert and means, eva are freaking out yeah but also that means that jensen ackles shirt is like pulled up to like right here so it's just like and honestly if you're watching the youtube i just grabbed my tits you did. but uh so you Hand get to confirmed. see his abs 
And I, yeah, I really just like, I mean, I don't want you to be dead, Mr. Ackles, but I'm not mad at your abs while this is happening. Good job. Good on you. Well done, sir. Well done. Um, So in response, death says, all right, well, let's do it. Let's have a bet. You want you have to be death for one full day. You wear the ring for twenty four hours, and um, you and and then I will get Sam's soul, and I will put the wall up and whatever. And Dean wants to know why, like why are you going to do this? But he doesn't get his answer because right then is when Doctor Robert and Eva are successful in reviving him, and he comes back to life. Yeah, and. But the fact is, like, he had an answer, right? And he just, like, is always like, but why? And Death is saying, like, because. Yeah. And just, like, because. And then. <gasps> yeah. yeah. And no! they're like, he's like, I just a few more seconds. They're like, you were gone for seven minutes. And he's only supposed to be gone for three. So that's probably a good thing. He may have right. some brain damage. Like, they, he probably, like, that's lost the word for, good. like, soup. <laughs> not good for you. Um, yeah. So I bet he feels crazy good though. Cause they just shot him up with adrenaline. Yeah. That was a premise of like one of the, uh, the superhero movies on, I don't know. I know it's out on Netflix now where like, it's like the kind of like the loser kids becomes like every, like every man becomes superheroes. It's one of those, oh, but yeah. like, what are the chicks like who really wants to like, she just shoots herself up with adrenaline and then she's like, yeah. And then she's undefeatable because that's what you feel like if. Right. So yeah, you're right. He probably feels like he can do anything. Yeah. So we have now back at, we are now at Bobby's and Sam and Dean are arguing um, because Dean's like, look, we've got death solution. It's a wall and it could last your lifetime. It's still not a cure though. And Sam's pissed. He's like, this is not your life, not your soul. And Bobby's like, just what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That's pretty much it. I, I agree with that. Uh, and so Sam leaves because he's pissed. He needs to digest. And also, that's a storm off of, I don't, that's an, I don't believe what you said when you stormed off. Like I say, I've said that stuff. Like, I'm gonna go di- you're going to go, go digest do something. this. That means I just disagree. And I disagree. And I'm going to go um, do something bad. Yeah, which was go find the dig up the ring or where he thought the ring was in the middle of the junkyard in Bobby's property, which it wasn't there though because Dean had already gotten it. Yeah. He's not going to quit you, Sammy. He's just not. <sighs> this is I find this very like I get it, Irritating. but I also yeah this whole thing is fucking annoying. So like I get it that like Dean really wants to have Sam's soul back because I know you like soulless Sam, but it and I get he's effective. But he's no, kind he of gets real, but like this episode kind of goes to the point of like soulless Sam crosses the line today, correct? But before this, like this is you know why like, you can't you only you can only date emotionally unavailable guys for like six months like after that then like they you know they're they gonna do something like tie you to a tree and go after you with an axe like you know like not just saying that because that's family history but i mean I so i mean things like yeah i, mean, I, just, I, I, I get you like I, I understand what you're saying yeah <laughs> and point. like so but like so let's say i'm like i get like i kind of get but it's also it's 
is it is it Dean's decision, or does Dean need to let his brother go if he don't want his soul back? And then we, or but does he not know if he wants a soul? He can't make that decision because he doesn't have a soul, right? So it spirals and it's very complicated. Well, it's and like, it's, it's, like, it's like Brittany, right? Like, is you you can she like argue for her own self with the conservatorship, right? right? Like, if you don't have the capacity to know what's best for you. Are you then allowed to make those decisions, right? But but so, if the people like, that are making that decision Dean might is a be conservator corrupted. for Sam, right? And we're just gotta hope that Dean's not corrupt, right? That's that's the faith because you know you have to put that faith in, yeah. like that they're doing this for the right reasons, right. and that Sam is incapable of making decisions for himself. <sighs> no, I don't know. Yes, so I know. Messy. So, so messy. messy. Ugh. Blah. Anyways, so. But he's just going to assure, he just swears, he's got the ring and he just swears to Sam that he's not going to fuck it up. He's the compass and Sam finally relents. That's the, Mm. kind of. He's not stoked. Mm. He's like, fine. (laughs) I guess. And then like, he's just, yeah, so he's not going to quit Sam. And then we cut to where Sam and Bobby are like in the house. Awkward. And they're having it awkward. Like, nobody knows what a fucking light bulb is in Bobby's house, apparently. Like, oh my God, Bobby, turn on a goddamn light. Like, it's why are you in the dark? Eyes, sir. It's not good for It's eyes, just sir. nuts. You're going to trip on something. I know you got books everywhere, and like, there's probably like weapons on the floor. Anyways, so, but, you know, Sam's just like, you're going to have to lock me in the panic room. And Bobby's like, idiot. I don't know. Like, do I have to? Idiot. <sighs> Perfect Bobby impression right there. Perfect. Thank you. Amazing. So outside, Dean puts the ring on. And it's pretty. Suddenly, huh? I want a ring that does that. It was so pretty. Did you pop. see? It was like a little pearly. And little pretty. swirls in it. It was nice. Yeah. And he just pops into the city. Someone do that. I have a blood diamond for me. No, not a blood. That's wrong, right? No. I'm the opposite of blood diamond. I want the opposite of that. That's lab, lab created? Oh. Lab created, but not by by people who are equitably paid. I don't know. Ah, look over there. Okay, so <laughs> so Tessa's there in the city, and she's she, as soon as he shows up, she's talking shit. She's ready. She doesn't like this. <laughs> she is. Uh, you have a track record of throwing a wrench and everything. Here are the rules for the next twenty four hours. You kill everyone whose numbers up. I've got a list. You touch them, they die. I reap them. Clear. Remove the ring, and you lose, and the deal's off. Yeah, and she just has this incredible monologue of going Boss through bitch. this. Boss bitch. And you know why? Because her job is important to Tessa. Yeah. Tessa knows she has to get shit done. And to get yeah. shit done, she has to work with this motherfucker. Yeah. Which is why she tells him, don't mess this up. No. It's not my job to be your damn babysitter. Yeah. We're going to put that on a fucking shirt. Don't not mess this up. It's not my job to be your damn babysitter. Yeah. Mantra of the week mantra of the week it is it is and i know like i don't know if it's mercury in retrograde poison whatever but all you boss bitches that are feeling it this week because i know there's a lot of you Mm -hmm. we salute you you. not your job to be anybody's goddamn babysitter correct correct all right so sam's doing a spell (sighs) too he's at a warehouse he found he's got a new warehouse and he's got a new spell and what's he doing? Oh, he's summoning Balthazar. I like his spell, though. It's got Enochian signals. There's, like, an altar. Like, the whatever is in his little cauldron looks real pretty. Like, those look like some really nice little flowers in there. It was really great. 
It was quite floral. Um, and uh, both stars like, oh, what the fuck are you summoning me for? Because I wanted to, because I want to kill you. This seems like a really bad plan. But Sam's like, ah, eh, desperate times, and I need angel advice. So I need this. He wants a spell to keep a soul out forever. But he wants Balthazar to get him a spell that will keep it, prevent death or Dean or whoever from putting his soul back in. It's no soul forever. You'll just be stuck Soulless. listening to Nickelback. And then Balthazar gives what is my one of my favorite descriptions for what is happening oh to Sam's soul yeah. in hell. He says that Michael and Lucifer are hate banging his soul as we speak. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going to help for free. And because oh. he likes the idea of having Sam in his debt. Oh. Uh, and it makes him happy to screw over Dean. So Ooh. the only way to do this, though, to repel something, for a soul from your vessel, is to scar the vessel and make it uninhabitable. <gasps> One example patricide. Gotta kill your dad. Except, John's dead. Mm. So what is Balthazar all for up? that? The f- blood of the father doesn't, the father doesn't need to be blood. Yeah, and he says that this very, like, you just, Smug. did you just get back from doing Shakespeare in the park, Balthazar? Yeah. But you said, you know, you need the blood of your father, but your father needed to be blood. Mm-hmm. Follow, enter my riddle three. But well, and then you're like, oh shit. God like, damn it. I know. And like, you see I know, Sam. I wrote, oh shit, Bobby. It's what I wrote down. Uh, so gross. Not good. Not good. And a part of you at this point in the episode, you're just like, well, I know he doesn't have a soul, but maybe he's logical enough to know this is bad. We'll come back to that. Um, so we've got Tessa explaining that. People um, have a lot of questions when they die. And Dean's responsible for answering this, these questions. But his suggestion, if one of the first questions is, why did Betty White outlive me? See, but you're not taking your job seriously. You're not, Dean. Tessa has a job to do. We can already tell you're not fucking listening to the process. She has worked out this process. She needs you to think about questions. What questions are people going to have? This is going to bite you in the ass if you don't listen. And let's see what happens, Dean. <laughs> so they walk into a convenience store where there is a armed gunman. Armed gunman. That's repetitive. That's is that there's a gas station robbery going yeah, on. There's a guy robbing a robber pointing a gun at the cashier and the cashier's son. And Dean is very upset because he wants to know who's going to get killed. Because he's because the robber is threatening to shoot the kid. It's really fucked up, by the way. Yeah, it's no, like this whole episode. Fucked. This is the first time. We're like, what? What is happening in this episode? We're like, it's okay, very dark. So this is where we're going. All and right. it's but, very trolley car. There's a lot of trolley car shit happening. Yeah. So, but we get the cashier manages to sneak a gun from one of the drawers and shoots the robber, and the robber is dying on the floor. And Tessa's like, "Okay, Dean, go ahead and end him." <laughs> but Dean's pissed about this robber threatening the kid. So he's like, he's in agonizing pain, right? And he lets him lay there and suffer for a minute before killing him. Yeah. And then he's going to get low as he gets carted off to hell. That's yeah. not, that's not good form, Dean. Mm. No. Ghost, ghost robber's like, why? Mostly because you're a dick. Enjoy the ride down, pal. Trust me, the sauna gets hot. That's how Dean answers his questions. Like a dick. Mm-mm. That's not good. So... 
Let me get to the next guy. Park bench. Man eating a big old slice of pizza. That looks really good, actually. It did look really good. And I've been eating way too much pizza. Oh, you know what I did last week? I ordered Domino's, but I changed the sauce from tomato to garlic parmesan. Oh, it was so good. It's basically like having like a ranch pizza. So or like an alf pizza alfredo. Yeah. I don't know. But it was not the Alfredo one. That seems too much. Anyways, so So um they he Dean boops him dead and the man asks why. Again. I thought it was more of a rub down. I think it's more of a death rub down. It's a death touch. It's not a boop. It's a it's a womp, hand. Womp. <laughs> and Dean's response to why is, do you think it was the extra cheese? And the man, but the man agrees. Like, yeah, it was good though. Yeah. But Dean wants to know where he got it because he's a, he's like a local he's place. Local place. <sighs> but then the man does come around and wants to know what it all means. And Dean, once again, does not have a prepared response. Everything is dust in the wind. And that dude is pissed, and I don't blame him. He's like, that's it? A Kansas song? I'm like, I'd be so mad. It'd be like Ugh. if you came back and it was just like, a, uh, what's the, the the Korean K-pop band? That's also redundant. What's the K-pop band? Uh, BTS? Yeah. <laughs> just like a BTS song there, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, I don't even get, like, I don't even get a Kansas song. But Right? So we've got Sam at Bobby's. Where it's uh, still so dark. It's very dark. And Bobby pours him a drink after Sam makes an excuse that he was just driving around. And so Bobby pours him both a beverage. So we know that there's something going on here. And then there's something going on at the hospital. And I got I was like, God damn it, when this scene started. So we've got a sick little girl in the hospital bed. And I just literally wrote, oh, fuck, because I was like, oh, this is going to be upsetting. And it is. This is upsetting. Here we go. But is it? See, and this is where I start getting mad. And maybe it is because I'm jaded because I have seen it before, right? So you look at this and you can read the situation. You could read the room. You know what's going to happen. Like, you know. Yeah. You know oh, of course. Like, yeah. So, like, is they're going after well, this kid. I'll say, like, and- this is the start of a very upsetting overall arc. How about that? This whole thing is it not that I'm not saying it's bad or I'm whatever. I'm just saying it was it's upsetting. It is no, it is upsetting. It is upsetting for a number of reasons. It's upsetting yeah. because this bitch is going to be fucking up Tessa's work because he's being a little bitch, right? This is your goddamn job, Dean. She told you what your job was, and you're gonna fuck it up for her. You're gonna fuck up her day, and then you're gonna fuck up everyone else's day because you're not listening to Madame Tessa. She knows well, what she's talking about little this dad the, there's a little girl her dad is sitting there ends up mom's dead too it's just dad and this little girl and she has a serious heart condition dad has no other family um and dean stalling talking about how he spent his whole life fighting destiny i'm death so she lives and tess is like uh no every time you mess with life and death it does not turn out to be fucking great remember bra and dean puts his foot down Stop fucking with the natural order, man. You're fucking with the natural order. That kid also has been sick for a while. I guarantee you that dad has been like waiting for this day, right? He's been prepping. Get it over with, man. Rip the Band-Aid. Do your goddamn job. Like, We get a quick glimpse here of Sam and Bobby playing poker. And then we... But Sam's eyeballing a giant wrench behind Bobby as well, which is questionable. 
also but i'm like one does not having a soul make you a better poker player because i would say no because you could see you eyeing the weapon and so bobby can see you eyeing the weapon so clearly no but it should and we come back to the hospital real quick and the doctor this doctor is now telling the the dad that he can't explain it but little girl's heart just healed itself it was a miracle what which makes no what? sense to any of this because that didn't nope. happen. This is what? where we have a problem. Yeah, but, you know, and not where that. Uh, well, it's a. It's, this is a, a major plot the, hole. One of the ninety-nine problems, hole. and this plot hole is one of them. Yeah, and so apparently no she's fine now so so they they canceled her surgery and the nurses are leaving and the doctor's leaving i feel like you could have done your little rube goldberg or whatever the fuck you call that thing like you could have done this this better i i just i don't think it's well done i get what you're trying to do but it just could have been done better yes so back at Bobby's, Bobby's going to go grab. Oh, oh, oh. the oh. other thing that we noticed at that point is uh, the nurse that passes through Tessa, like one, she actually just walks right through a Reaper, which is kind of a weird thing, but also her name is Jolene. Oh, yeah. Nice Jolene. Jolene. So Bobby's grabbing them some more beers. And while, um, while he's got his head in the fridge, Sam tries to bludgeon him. And but Bobby knew this was coming, and he had a baton ready in the fridge. I guess and fights back, knocks him, knocks Sam out, and um, goes to get rope. Like but now then I'm like, Sam's do gone. I need to keep a weapon in my fridge? Right. Smart. I mean, I barely have enough room in there for like my condiments. Like, where the fuck am I going to fit a baton? I just think like if you're getting, Maybe I feel like freezer. that's why if you're getting attacked by See, someone I you know. I think I would say like a corksicle in the freezer, like you know, offer to get someone to drink. I mean, and if you're just hit some steak it, at that right? point. You can just hit him with the fucking steak. I like my steak, but a corksicle would be a nice weapon. So we now we, we have a fight, and then Sam disappears when Bobby goes to tie him up. So Bobby gets his shotgun and locks himself in the closet, which seems unwise because he's giving him, you know, kind of boxing himself into a corner. And Sam starts, go, Sam goes bonkers. He's like hacking the closet door with an axe and telling Bobby that he cornered himself but bobby well, he's, didn't. No, he's condescending he's oh, just yeah. like you shouldn't box yourself in mm-hmm. but bobby's in the closet on purpose because he's got a trap door of course he <laughs> does you idiot and so and, you go moose yeah. and so like this was something that they had to like redo in the set right because they didn't have a trap door there before so they had to put a trap door in front of the closet and yeah. in front of the downstairs he's going in and make it look like they'd always kind of been there yeah for like nerds who are like watching it right and so but i also i just i i, I just love like of course that's why bobby's in a closet i love you bobby yeah, and then like he, I love Bobby even more because he starts like just talking dirty to Sam while he's in there because Sam's got a crowbar, but Bobby's like I've got reinforced steel core and a titanium kick plate, so mm-hmm. get comfy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, and he want, but he wants also wants Sam to explain what the fuck is going on, and Sam starts to, but he's basically says like, hey, I just can't let Dean shove that soul back in me. It's not that I don't want I don't want to kill you. You've been good to me, and um. But but he won't really give any info. No, he says something though that's very specific here that also gets my craw on the soul thing. Yeah, what gets my craw? So he says that you know basically he's talking like there's two Sams. 
Oh, because yeah, yeah. he says, like, you know, Dean's like will kill him to get the other guy out of yes. hell. He says he doesn't care about me, just about Sammy in hell. So he's going to kill me to get the other guy back. So it's like he almost has like now disassociated. Like now we almost have like this is a different. So is it a different person altogether? Or because he says he has Damon's memory. So but is he just like a replicant or something? I don't know. That's terrifying. I don't like it. I don't know. Um, But Sam goes quiet. Sam goes quiet. And so Bobby's pissed and has to go figure this shit out. And he says, so he finally realized that Sam's not at the door talking to him anymore. And I like, Bobby's got two quotes here. Ain't nobody killing me in my own house but me. Dark, Bobby, dark. Yeah. And because it took me a while when I was thinking about it, I was like, is this a reference back to something else? And it's not. <sighs> so this is just Bobby saying, I'm going to kill myself in this house one day. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. And um, as he starts to go look for, he's slowly going downstairs to find Sam downstairs. He's somewhere, you gotta be somewhere down there, right? He says, I don't want to blow your legs out. I don't want to blow your legs out, boy, but I will. So he's ready to shoot Sam in the legs with the but shotgun. Also, like you put it in a titanium kick plate, but not a lighting system. Like what the fuck? Just yeah. turn the goddamn lights on. Like you're so just like wandering dark. through the dark, so waiting dark. to get for a. What? It, oh god! And then he goes to like the jail people, and I still don't know what those are called. Yeah, me either. I know we we talk about this a lot. We talk about this, I think, like every week. What the yeah. fuck is that jail people called? And so the bunker, the doors closed, but he opens the peephole, and there's a ladder going up to the grate, and the grate is open up in the ceiling. So Sam somehow has climbed out through the ceiling of the bunker. Which doesn't seem very bunkery to be able to do that. No, I feel like that was a fail. But I mean, also, I guess it's not quite the bunker. Like, it's more of like the basement, right? Because, I like, I think that you was have... in the bunker where that I think happened. The... Well, the bunker is in the basement. So, like, the basement's not necessarily the bunker, right? Right. Like... But I thought the... so. You I could be the in the escape... basement. I thought he was. I thought he went into. The... I thought. The... I thought his oh, escape route know. was through the bunker. I... That's why I thought it was weird. Okay. Whatever. Sure. Yeah, yeah, no, that is weird. Or maybe like he just knew like sometimes Bobby would just like forget to close it. Like left the bunker open. Did you remember to close the bunker tonight? Like he was like, maybe I got lucky. I'm like, oh, thankfully oh, Bobby forgot God. to close up the bunker again. And <laughs> that oh Bobby. That's... All right. So we're back at the hospital with Tessa and Dean. She's pissed. But as they're standing there, a person gets rolled in on a stretcher from a car wreck. Oh, fuck, it's Jolene. Who is it? Jolene. Who is it? Jolene. Jolene. <laughs> Jolene. <laughs> and this is the, so it's the same nurse that walked through Tessa. They got cut early because they didn't have to do the surgery. And now she needs a heart surgeon who's also left. And Dean's like, what the fuck? And he's like mad at Tessa because he's like, oh, you knew this was going to happen. And she's like, nah. I just knew that you had knocked over some kind of a domino. So you've got to take her because everything has consequences and it is what it is. And they're like, like all these nurses that know this nurse are like trying to save her. It's very upsetting. 
it's very upsetting like like she's like this is like must be gray's like mercy gray hospital like you know it's just one of their own is dying again but yeah. also like dean like tessa's madame tessa is mad because again you fucking up her shit yeah. look at what you did here all right you put on this ring so you do your goddamn job dean and dean's just like i'm sorry and he walks away no you fucking do your job asshole well then he touches her hand and she flatlines but i'm mad at tessa i think this was inappropriate and not helpful no tessa escalated she was mad but sometimes you're mad and you just say shit because like you can't cry right then and you can't go to your car so you're gonna you're gonna burst out mad and tessa had a moment but tessa tells jolene that she was supposed to live for decades and have kids and grandkids that's so fucked up. You shouldn't have told her that right now, Tessa. No, no. I think she was... I know she said it because she wanted Dean to hear it, right? And she's doing this to punish Dean. And this but also sometimes so fucked. It is fucked. So you have to remember that if you're going to punish the asshole that's fucking up your job as you're a boss bitch, remember that the people, like, other people, like your customers, other people, they can get hurt, right? So you got to keep that in mind. Noted. <laughs> oh. So Dean, Dean does apologize to her. And then, then she's gone because Tessa takes takes her away. Well, but while Dean... Huh? I'm like, ugh. ugh. Well, then this man comes in looking for his wife. So this is... It's the ambulance driver. And didn't like... And then he was like, I think they said like she got in the wreck with the ambulance. So I think like they wrecked each other. Like, I don't know. I thought it, no, I didn't think he was an ambulance driver. I missed that. I don't know. That's not what I saw. I but well, he was definitely he was an ambulance driver. I think he's got like a paramedic thing on. I thought it was like a car. I thought it was just a red jacket. Oh, I don't like know. Car service. Okay, whatever. I don't know. Either way, I could be wrong. It doesn't matter. Dude comes in. This is Jolene's husband, and he is very upset. And he's just running through Jolene, 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 Jolene. Um, and so now he's and this is like I was like this is where I was like holy fuck this is upsetting. Because he's like over her body, it's just very upsetting, and and Dean's trying really hard not to cry because it is upsetting. <sighs> uh, but she says something like, "I know it's upsetting, and maybe it's just because I deal with you know, dark situations with humor, and that's how I deflect." But when she says to Dean about the little girl, "You saw what happened to that nurse." go and kill that girl dean it's just really funny because it's just like it, it may have been her delivery but like no and so she and she's saying she's like look i tried to tell you what you already know disrupting the natural order she's this girl's disrupting the natural order just by being alive and she's gonna be you know chaos and sadness is gonna follow her wherever she goes <laughs> if you like, don't just kill her did we did i just did i just the natural order what did i do i'm sorry did i raise the dead again i'm sorry <laughs> Oh. Oh, so we're going back to Bobby's. Oh. Well, hold on. But Dean is well, oh. while he's getting this lecture. Dean sees out the window that the widower of the nurse is stumbling out of a bar and has a bottle in his hand and getting behind the wheel of a car and asks Tessa to give him a minute. Yeah, that bar is definitely liable for that. Look, I mean, a lot of times I say things are on you, but he got that bottle in that bar. Ugh. That on oh, you. That's usually not. No, it wasn't. Like, they shouldn't have done that. Like, you shouldn't have sent me. You shouldn't have sold him that. Anyways, but this is Dean's fault. Not the bar's fault. So, Bobby is searching the car lot for Sam, finds some blood residue, and goes, flings open the doors to the barn. Flings the barn doors open. 
thinking that Sam's going to be inside, but he's not. Sam's behind him and hits him in the bunk. Well, I think it's also like, it's like when, remember when I had Erlene in the backyard and I kept like, you know, like I had to open boxes to see if she was in there. Like you're just, he's, I don't think he's flinging it. I think he's like opening it and stepping it back really fast just to be Mm. like, oh my God, like, I hope you're not in there. But Sam, do you as a reminder, Erlene was the snake. That was in, was on my backyard for a minute. She lives a large she, snake. She still lives there somewhere, I'm sure. So, but anyways, yeah, come to so my house. Sam knocks Bobby the fuck out. I hate it when Bobby gets hurt. Yeah, I don't like it. So, back in town, our widower is very drunk, very emotionally distressed, and driving very fast through town. Mm-hmm. This is all bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm not excusing his pain, but that does, but his pain does not excuse his behavior. No, no, it's not. I find a lot of pain in not driving around drinking off a fifth, like while I drive at a bus. So, yeah. like you so know, Dean's, there's a yeah, limit. So you're, Dean's you're with him too far, but still Dean's fault. <laughs> Dean's in the car with him, and of course, like the radio's on, and the news starts telling the story about his wife's <laughs> death. I'm like, well, a that's some really fast local the, news. Yeah, okay, that but local number radio two was on the, on their shit. Damn. Um, well, but they're about to hit this to bus, have, like, like he had to have time to, uh, to get go loaded to, and then buy that yeah. bottle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there there has to be some time here. Like, that was like, yeah, it's a lot. I was it's like, lot, this is yeah. too too fast. So Dean is trying to like figure out how to stop him from wrecking into the bus, which could hurt because a lot of innocent people him. and yeah. him. But you can't see death unless you're dead. So ring decide ring. Dean decides to take the ring off. That means his deal's off. <laughs> and also, all of a sudden, you're driving car, drunk. You know, <laughs> you're just driving, and then Jensen Ackles like pops up next to you. <laughs> what the fuck? And, so, little, and he's drunk, so you're even more surprised. Obviously, I'm just like, what the? F- how much did I drink? Like, yeah. holy shit! I shouldn't have a license. Um, so like, he helps him crash his car into like a parked car, like a, yeah, parked car that's in front of the supper club, and the supper club looks awesome, and I kind of want to go to the supper club. Agreed. And so our widower's unconscious, and uh, Dean's upset because he's ended this deal. So he gets out of the car, and he's calling out to Tessa, announcing that he's lost, Sam's screwed, you know, just send me home, but nothing happens. So he puts the ring back on, and when he puts it on, the widower just regained enough consciousness to watch him disappear, which is kind of funny. So, so um, you know, this guy, if he survives this, if he lives... Okay. was going to be telling his tale to the police officers and saying the man popped up in my car then he disappeared yeah. then he appeared outside of the car then he disappeared again why don't you believe me and then they go your blood alcohol content is a point one five. and then he's like but but and they're like you should be dead but yes anyhow you're going to jail um so tessa does appear though and dean's very upset that he's fucked his deal up and just about the whole situation and tessa's like yeah no we're done i don't know what the fuck you want he's like but dean wants to go back to the hospital for his unfinished business you done fucked up my day dean you fucked up my job like what i just gotta get i've gotta clean up goddamn mess dean 
And she's like, yeah. She's like, you wanted the girl to skate by. And Dean's like, no one really skates by. So they're back in the room. And Dean goes and whispers to the sleeping dad to say his goodbyes. And the dad kind of stirs because he had been you know, dozed off. And our, and our little girl flatlines. Oh. Eh. Natural order or not, but still sad. Anyways. Um, I guess kind of sad. I just also wasn't emotionally attached to this child. She was just a boring child. And oh. so, like, Dean's just also just bitter just now. So now he's boring. just bitter, Dean. Hold on. You just called this a boring child. They, they did nothing to endear the child to me. I'm sorry. She was just a boring child. <laughs> it's just funny. I gotta care. She's a boring kid. Um, <laughs> also, I mean, like, she gets a good line, so... Yeah, so she wants to know, like, I'm she's like, I'm dead. Why, what about my dad? I can't just leave him. It's not fair. Why me? And Dean tries to explain the natural order of things, and then she says the natural order is stupid. And I agree that should also be in a shirt. Now the natural order is stupid, but it is the natural order. And but also, like, what's not fair, like little girl, you were correct. What's not fair is that you got healed and you thought everything was going to be fine, and then you That's got the rug so pulled fucked. out from under you. Right? That yeah. is not fair. She had a miracle that healing like two up. hours ago, and all of a sudden, and then now she dead. Like yeah, the emotional roller coaster that... that everybody's been put on here. And now what the fuck did she die from? She had a heart condition. But no, but she was know, magically but... healed. Eh, I don't know. Valve Val, I don't know. Science. I don't know. It's still stupid. Anyway. No, and so but now yeah, like Dean like I think he's learned his lesson here too, but I don't feel like he has enough, like I felt like he was feeling sorry for the dad now at this point for the wrong reasons. Like the fact he was sorry that the girl was dead, but not that like you just did this awful thing to him. Put him on the super, him on super emotional really bad thing. Yeah, yeah that's not, not cool. That's not a cool thing to do to somebody. Just so you know. <sighs> so we cut back to the barn on Bobby's land and <gasps> Bobby's Bobby and Sam are talking and Sam Bobby well Bobby's trying to tell Sam that you don't want to do this. And Sam's got like got him all tied up and is like eyeballing this knife all dramatically. And and Bobby's trying to make his case, but it's actually backfiring, I guess. Cause he's like, I've been like a father to you. Son of a bitch. That's exactly what everybody knows, and that's why this is happening. Um and and Sam tells him that. And right when Sam's about to stab him, Dean's there. Yay. And he grabs Sam's arm and punches him. Like you do. Yep. Dean to save like the do. day. Yeah. So now we've got Sam unconscious, handcuffed to a bed in the bunker with Dean peeping in, talking to Bobby. Yeah, yeah, he needs to get some sleep, you little psychopath. So they but they contact with Sam and Dean. They have some serious eye contact. Eye contact. All right. Dean goes upstairs though, and guess who's there? It's Death. Yay! Death came by. And he's got bacon dogs. 
even better. But death, this I love death. He brought you bacon dogs, man. Like he went to, he thought of you. He knew that you would want a bacon dog. He wants to be your friend. He does. He went to a stand in LA and brought brought Dean one. And Dean like, like tries to like dash. talk. Like this is Death's DoorDash. <laughs> death dash. Um, and Dean wants Dean like tries to be snarky about Death's taste in food. And Death like what? throws it right back at him. I'm like, good. What are you doing, Dean? Accurate. What are you yeah, What are you weird. doing? It's like, what is Dean being pretentious about food for? What the fuck? What are you? Austin is. Why are you being pretentious? Like, what stick is up bratty. your ass? Like, Death weird. has done nothing but like be really nice to you. I'm just saying, this whole soul situation has made Dean real cranky. Yeah, I would think he just also has just been really mean to Death, and I think for no reason. Like, yeah, I Death's just been pretty it. chill to him, honestly. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't understand your attitude, Dean. Like, I know that he doesn't like the idea of death, but, like, death's been really fucking cool to him. Death's part of the natural order. Death just is. Yes. So, death was, like, just like, yeah, I just want to have a treat before I put the ring back on. And um, and, and we're going to get kind of, like, it's kind of a dialogue, but it's also a very, it's mostly, like, it's, this is a death monologue with some Dean interjections. That's pretty much what's happening so here. Good. It's so good. I, I love so the good. ring is... I love the metaphor of the ring is heavier than it looks. I think that's beautiful. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. And, but it's like, look, you know, Dean knows that he failed. I sucked at being death. I screwed up the natural order. And then death asks him, he's like, if you could go back, would you just kill the little girl? He's like, knowing what I know now. Yeah. But death's surprised that, that that's Dean's response. I kind of was too. Um, but we get death discussing about how hard it is to look behind the curtain and that, you know, the natural order is not fun or, you know, when you fuck up natural order, it's not fun when you have to clean up the mess afterwards. So, yes. That's so the this. moral of the story is mm -hmm. if you don't do your damn job, other people have to clean up your fucking messes. Yes, ma'am. So, yes, Madame and, Tessa. And, and, and also, the, I mean, I love this. Like, I think it's great. But oh, then. No. The human soul is not a rubber ball. It is vulnerable. Imp uh, I can't read my own writing. <laughs> Impermanent, but stronger than you know. And more valuable than you can imagine. So. Anyway, so he's basically trying to talk to about the importance of the soul. And. Yeah. You know, he 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 thinks that death rigged the the bet. That Dean is Dean is upset. He's like, he's not even really. I don't think he's even really hearing what death's saying. He's like, you rigged this. You knew I wasn't gonna. I was gonna lose. And yeah, he was like, like, what, what the, the fuck? I'm offended. Why, Why did you sit like me this? through this? And then death, yeah, death's like, Why maybe don't be such a bitch to me. Yeah, because I got your brother's soul right here, motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, like, unless like, this guy's been nothing but chill, he bought you a fucking bacon dog, motherfucker. Like, and your brother's soul. He bought you a bacon dog and a soul. Mm -hmm. And let you wear his really cool ring. It was good. He got to wear his cool ring. Yeah, I don't know. Mm -mm. And, and he also, got to kick he, it with Tessa. Yeah, I don't know, D-Man. You need to, yeah, pull that stick out of your ass and get it together. It's It's all fucked. So, anyways... 
Uh, Dean's, but Dean's like, why would you do this? And Death's like, yeah, it's not really for you. Uh, y'all just keep coming back and you're an affront to the balance of the universe, but you have your uses and you're digging for something right now. And I want you to keep digging. You'll understand when you need to. But it's about, so this is, yeah, but it's about the souls. He does say, that. he says it's about the souls. So there's something right. about souls. He wants Dean to keep Dean keep digging. Dean, we know that's what you're really good at is digging. Yeah. But typically, you're just better at digging graves. But you know, we're digging him why up. Why are you talking? Yeah. yeah. Why are you again? Just be nice to him, man. He's so mean. Um, and I like that. I, I really do. I enjoy him. Yeah. Not just because he was nice to Becky. Cool yep. Um, and so, but Dean really wants to double check now. He's like, so is this wall thing going to work? And death says 75% chance. I just think it's funny because that's the same I thing. I love that callback. Yeah. That's call a callback. Yeah. And then, uh, he puts his ring on and leaves. He's gone. Yep. He got his and ring then, right. so. Dean's just revving to Bobby and he's just like, open the door, open the door. And Bobby's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> And Death's in there with Sam. But Death ain't there to kill him. He's got the really cool old, like, old-timey medical bag. Old-timey leather medical bag. It's very neat looking. It's a, a leather satchel, possibly? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, he's talking to Sam about it. There's a bright light coming from it. He's going to put a barrier inside the mind. It might feel a little itchy, but don't scratch the wall because you're not going to like what happens. What's concerning? What? Yep. And then he picks up what we assume is Sam's soul. This is this glowy bunch of light. And I have oh like a stress ball that looks kind of like the same consistency of this. So I'm like, is the soul just like a stress ball? Hey, so that's, it's not a rubber ball earlier, though. The stress ball isn't a rubber ball. It's made of something else. <sighs> anyway, so he's got this. It's all like lights coming out of everywhere. Inside. Casting couch. It's the casting couch. Were they yes. on that show yes. that yes. time with Sam's that guy? He's crying. La 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 la. Don't know. Oh, but before we dissect that, that's it. So let's let's go to let's do some casting, casting couch. couch. All right. So I, I teased, of course, one of our act, one of our characters or actors from at the beginning. Um, so Dr. Robert is played by the one, the only Robert England, best known as the Freddy Krueger. That goes from back from 1984 through 2003, reviving this character and this, all the movies over, the, over that time frame, including here's my one little tie in. 1991, Freddy's Dead. Tracy, who kills Freddy in this movie, blonde female, was played by Leslie Dean, 
Not only was she also in a pop band later on called Femme to Femme, she also played roller derby with me in Dallas. And okay. we're, we're still like loose buddies, but yeah. So, Diana she, said she was one step away from Freddy Krueger and she had, couldn't wait to tell me. It's my degree of separation. There you go. Um, and she's still, I think her band's still around, um, Scary Cherry and the Bang Bangs. So shout out to the, the singer. Hey, Leslie. Um, and then uh, other things that um, Robert Englund, while that's what he's known best for, and that's obviously been a massive element of his career, he's also been in a shit ton of stuff. His career goes back to 1974, tons of TV and movies. A lot of the movies in recent years have been, I say recent, in the last 20 years, tend to veer a little bit more to the horror and or B side. But, you know, he's made appear- uh, cameos in th- everything from like Stranger Things. Um, as a recent one, he was one of the regular characters in the 80s series of V, which they remade in, in recent years. He's um, in movies that he may have seen him in. He's um, a professor in Urban Legends. He was in a couple of funny sounding movies. One I've seen, one I haven't. Uh, strippers versus Werewolves. He was Tapper. And in Zombie Strippers, um, he was uh, Ian. So a couple of of fun movies to look up that just good 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 campy stuff but yes um very well known and respected actor and with roles in so much so many tv shows and movies any any other robert england you want to share before i move on no, well, I will say there is a, we'll post it. There's a really fun soundbite of oh, yeah. them interviewing Robert England about his guest spot on the show. And he does say that, you know, his wife was a huge Jared Padalecki fan. So there's also the fun with that. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so much. But, we've got so much Robert yeah. England trivia tonight. I love it. All right. Um, next up is Jolene, our nurse, is played by Allison Araya. Uh, she's been on a ton of TV. And quite quite a selection of both Hallmark and Lifetime Christmas movies, I will add. Um, but she's a re- an ongoing character as an officer on Arrow, ongoing character um, as Aunt Victoria on Julie and the Phantoms. She's Amber on The Peacemaker currently and uh, Ms. Weiss in Riverdale. We also have Eva with, the good, with the good bangs. Um, is played by Danielle Benton. Interestingly, a lot of her credits are for dancing. She's a dancer. Um, and so she was like one it. of the dancers in Sucker Punch like and um, a TV show or... called Hellcats and actually others she's been a dancer in as well. But like a... Like a... No, not like a... You know. Not that, no, like a choreographed dancer. Okay. Sure. And then uh, our Dr. Owens, who is our heart doctor played by bruce dawson uh he played he was uh, also mark in white noise mr clayton in 50 shades of gray uh he's done his selection of hallmark and Chris- and lifetime christmas movies as well uh he was character donald on the tv show l word and dr lawrence gordon in the flash gordon series Aww. the newer one and then uh, our robber from the convenience store was played by Primo <laughs> Allen. He's had Primo? a lot of single Primo, yeah, like my cousin, like Primo. P R I M, yeah, P R I M O Allen, yeah. Uh, he's had a lot of small roles, single episode stuff. He was uh, quote unquote the punker in If I Stay. 
Uh, and then he was Sam in Fifty Shades Freed. Uh, he's also had appearances um, in, you know, uh, I, I named shows that I, that stand out to me. Uh, Wayward Pines, Magicians, Fringe. And then most recently, a sol- he was one of the soldiers in The Last of Us. Because I know a lot of people are really into that right now. Mm, because it's got Pedro in it. Mm-mm. Howard, Pedro Pascal. Mm. He's from San Antonio. And then our widower... Um, so Jolene's the, the ambulance baby driver, the guy, sure. in the, the, the guy in the red jacket, the guy in the red jacket is Todd Thompson. Um, he is playing Dick Eldridge in rise of the pink ladies, which is the new series coming mm-hmm. out. It's and out. then it's out. I haven't watched it. Oh, Hey, you wanted something shitty to watch. You could, then... you could test that water for me. He's a surgeon in Fifty Shades Freed. A lot of crossover here. And a lot of single episodes, once again, including Magicians, iZombie, and Once Upon a Time. That's my list. It was There was a lot. But, I mean, it was also just some big things. Some good big ones in there, yeah. So, what was it? Some bigger, like, I'm trying to do my nails. Some bigger ones. Bigger ones. One, two, fighters. Yeah, I always hated that that rhyme, though. That rhyme always freaked me out. Even though I know, like, do you want a confession? Real. What? I've never seen any of the Freddy movies in their entirety. Really? Yeah. I haven't seen any of like the newer ones. Like, I stopped. Any like, I liked like all. the '80s, you know, like the good, like old slasher ones. But I stopped watching them after a while. I have not seen a single one. I'm familiar with them. I get the concept. I um, I saw one of the t- remember they had the TV show. For Honestly, a I'm not that surprised. The list of things you haven't seen <laughs> is pretty long, and we well, make I'm fun of wuss. you for it all the time. But I'm a wuss so, about scary stuff, and I wasn't allowed to watch scary stuff. See, and that made me want. See, that's why we're different, though, because I wasn't allowed to watch scary stuff. So I wanted to sneak and go watch all the scary stuff, like even when I wasn't supposed to. And it was like, oh yeah, there's probably a reason I shouldn't be watching this, and I'm going to be up and scared for a while. But you know, no. some of us are rule breakers. Oh yeah, but I still did my damn job, unlike Dean. All right, so let's get back to this episode. Go, fuck you, Jane Winchester. Do your goddamn job. Do See, I job. this it just it just irritates me because you committed, right? Like I don't care. Like, he wasn't asked to off. make a decision. He wasn't asked to make a have a moral compass about this. He was asked to do a fucking task. Mm-hmm. Kids die. It sucks. It's sad. It happens. Like, and yeah, you think you death enjoys it? Like, come on. Like, yeah, if you have a chance to stop it, but like. I guess, you know, this is also just, like, going to Dean's character. But I think even Dean, though, would be like, oh, yeah, you know, probably that has to happen because it's death. Yeah. That's how it works. And then, like, I think, you know, obviously some things. So uh, so let's deal with the Dean stuff and then we'll deal with the, with the Sam stuff. But, yeah, I think some of it I'm just like, yeah, like, Tass is a boss bitch. That's pretty much what I get out of the Dean stuff. Well, and I just, like, Dean's, like, I get that he's obsessed with doing anything to bring like Skit Sam's soul back, but I feel like he's not actually sitting and processing and talking about ramifications. He's like he is so single minded that he's not looking at any of the variables at play. And how you, you, you don't make good decisions now? then? Hmm? Like I feel like that's when the lessons like they've been taught the Winchesters you know over the past six seasons, like 
you should think about the consequences of your actions. Like, I know yeah. you're like hell bent on it, but didn't we learn this lesson? I don't know. A few seasons ago, I felt but like he's we like, learned this he's a while ago. He straight up said he'd rather Sam be dead than be, than, than be like this. That's fucked a little bit. It is a little fucked, but then you also, so it came out. him because Sam. now we get to Sam. Because is it him at all? Is it him? I mean, he's a murderer. Like, I mean, he's okay with murder. At least we know that. Like, yeah. we don't know for a fact that he's a murderer beyond, like, the, the demons. Attempted? Yeah. But he's at least, like, and going Willing. after, like, his, his, his daddy figure. Yeah. That's like your cousin on meth. Like, you just don't let them stay at your house. It's time for, for Sam to, like, go get his own trailer. Yeah. No, but, it's, I mean, it's... I wouldn't kill him, though. I would just, like, kind of forget that I had a Sam. Right. But what? I don't think Dean can like, do that. Maybe just drop him off on the side of the road like he's a puppy. <laughs> just... But I think Dean can do that. But this, is, but this, but this, but this finally highlights to us the how fucked the soul of Sam is. Yeah, this is pretty bad. That's a that's a pretty bad thing that he did. It is definitely. But Baltazar was kind of hot while he did it, so I mean, I got to see Baltazar because he's all like, he's very like a Shakespearean actor and like his little velvet, and then it's just like just popping in, just like ooh, I will give you a riddle about your father and blood and blood, you know? He's like a vampire. Yeah, a little bit. But better than vampire in this up in this show. Not a supernatural vampire. He doesn't vampire, have like, he doesn't have sharp teeth, so Ugh. yeah. Like a so, hot vampire. He's not a hot vampire. He's not. He's not a. He's not a twi vamp. He's not. But so yeah. I mean, overall, we know obviously bummer land. We are just in. We are bummerville. Yeah. Fucking, we got this depressing ass thing where Dean's having to kill people because he's death and he's got to keep up the natural order. And he's trying to bucket, which I get. I get the desire to bucket. I'm not arguing with the desire to bucket at all. I get it. That's how fucking many times sucks are you gonna say bucket? bucket, 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 <laughs> one more time. And then, but then you've got Sam, who's now re- revealed to us all that not only that basically not having a soul means he's a sociopath. Yeah, I mean, he has a moral compass. Is really, you know, he has it. Like there is, if you went, if he was in a court of law, he would not be able to uh, be tried. Actually, right? He will. He he could be found guilty of criminal insanity because he does not understand the consequences of his actions. No, but he does understand the consequences. He just is worth the risk to him because he's so logical about it. He went full Spock. And that's not the same thing to me. I think that I don't think they would be able to say that he didn't understand because he totally understands. He's not he doesn't he's not in denial about what he's trying to do. But he doesn't understand that it's wrong because he thinks the other thing is the greater good. I don't know. No, he knows cognitively that it's wrong. He just doesn't doesn't emotionally. Well, because he's like, him. I like you, Bob. You like you've been good to me, Bobby. I wish no, I didn't have to me. do I just, this. It just, it, but he doesn't have any. It's not that. It's a straight up like um like he knows that he should. This is do why it. Diane and I should never be in a jury room together. Ugh. Like, oh my I'll god! I swear to god, I huh? Want to, I want to be on a jury so bad. They will never pick me. 
they will never pick you never unless like someone's trying to like thinking like they can like pull you in for a certain side like you may get put into like oh she'll fuck that side or she'll be really good for ours and then they'll be like oh my god she neutral but like you know but you and i like together in a room we kill each other <laughs> Wait. I don't know. I just don't. I think he fully understands what he's doing. I think that has he absolutely knows it's wrong, but it's a calculated risk to him to to do it anyways for the means yeah. for the ends the ends justify the means kind of thing. But okay, so but then we get the 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 jellyfish soul like it's put back into him, right? And we don't know what's going to happen, but he's putting it like and there's a weird itchy magic wall, wall. itchy wall an itchy wall like why is the wall itchy like couldn't you like put some cortisone on it huh your brain is your brain gonna itch or your head gonna or your heart gonna itch or like is your chest is it a physical itch or is it just like especially there's an itch inside your brain that you can't get at fuck you i would rather be dead i would agree sam like don't put that in my head thank you no so that will drive a motherfucker insane yeah, which is like, what's worse? Is it a you know Sam being driven crazy by an itch that he can't scratch, or is it you know, I don't know, which is worse? I don't so know. we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen, but it just, I just feel like this idea of the soul is, and they're establishing a mythology. And well, yeah, and I will say that they are establishing a mythology right. and a lot of things that come out of this episode we'll see in later years the supernatural this is something that you know is getting which is why i think the showrunners were here and getting given credit for it it's something that like okay like this is a thing and obviously is like, establishing canon yeah well obviously then death says it's about the souls like obviously mm-hmm. clearly we know this is something we have to think about but i don't think it's fair to find I'm confused, right? Because like, there's like Sam without a soul thinks there's like a totally different person, right? So now, so what happens? Totally, yeah, so what happened to weird. soul with Sam? Where'd he yeah. go? Yeah, that's a weird. I don't like that. You, did you just kill him? I don't like it. Kill my hot dude? That's not fair. I mean, he may be emotionally available, but he's still a person. Ah. <sighs> oh, anyhow, <sighs> all right. Anything else? No. Alright. Cheers, Dirk. Cheers, bitch. Devil's Trap Podcast is a don't get a production. Meow. Devil's Trap Podcast is part of the Ship It Studios Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Devil's Trap Podcast, Twitter at Devil's Trap Pod, or you can email us at Devil's Trap at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share with all your friends. We're at all your favorite podcast outlets and at devilstrappodcast.com. I'm Babe. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.